Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now called A Star is Born, which you may have heard of already because everybody is excited about what this is. Not only because uh, Lady Gaga is making her acting debut in a movie and Bradley Cooper is not only acting but directing because my guest today, Sam Elliott. Thanks, Peter. Just terrific. In Thank this, you. You know? It's, Thank you. Wow, wow. So did you know... Right away? I don't think you ever really know. You know, I mean, you hope, I think, off the top. But I think the odds were certainly in its favor right off the top because of Bradley's perspective on it. And, you know, he came came in at a time when initially this thing was going to get made. Eastwood was going to direct it and Beyonce was going to star in it. And then it came to Bradley and he just fully committed himself to it you know I mean it was a, like a three-year endeavor for him and he, he not only wrote and directed he wrote music for it he edited the film and you know I mean he, he sang in it he didn't give it up he didn't he didn't give anything up but see know. that's the that's the great thing about this business because he constantly had people saying to him don't you know they've made this before right but yeah <laughs> don't, don't you know, know it's the fourth time around right but it has to me it has a difference in all of those there's an intimacy in it and I, I think there's a reality to this film that the others didn't achieve for sure you know i think i think a lot of it came there's a scene in the movie in which bradley gets Gaga or Stephanie to come out, or Allie, however you want to refer to <laughs> Well, I don't know what you called her. Uh, yeah. I, I call her Stephanie most okay. of the time. Okay. But I'm Gaga over Gaga. <laughs> I have been for a number of years. But there's a sequence in the film in which she, he, he gets her out on the stage for the first time. And he just he says, just trust me. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. And he turns his back on her and walks out on the edge of the stage, and she ultimately joins him there. And the reason I mention that is because that's one of the things that Bradley said to me when I first met him. I didn't know Bradley before we worked on this film. I'd never crossed paths with him. I always had been a fan from afar. But he asked me that initial meeting, and he said, if you trust me, you'll be happy that you did the film. Just trust me. And I think that he asked all of us that same question or to give him that same confidence. Well, I don't know how easy it is to trust a guy who completely steals your voice. Oh, what is, well. What is it? He does. He admits yeah, it. And that, that same initial meeting that I had with him at his home, he, he played the tape for me, which he was he recorded with his voice coach and it was he said this is going to sound a little weird to you probably and, and it did in fact sound very weird to me because he he was very close to doing a pretty good imitation a pretty good takeoff but i figured that that upped my odds for in fact getting the job or having the job in the film if he'd already spent four months getting my voice down. I don't know. I'd be a little freaked out that somebody was walking around sounding like me. Yeah, but it was the reason that he did that (laughs) mattered. You know, we're brothers in the film, Mm -hmm. brothers in the story. Yeah, talk about Bobby. The stealing of the voice has, you know, and it's an integral part of that little arc, you know. Bobby's older brother. He's Mm -hmm. the older brother to Jack. He as well was a singer. 
their father was a singer. Their father was a drunk. <laughs> Jack, the younger brother, idolized the father. Bobby, I think, hated him on some level. Bobby wasn't a writer, and that was his failing in terms of becoming a successful singer, at least from Jack's perspective. And I think Bobby probably realized that too. If You know, that's a huge part of the movie is if you can write music, if you can write good lyrics, then you're going to go far. If you can dig into your soul, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're going to have legs. Bobby didn't do that. Bobby ended up being the caregiver and the taking care of his younger brother. But he gives you what I believe is the best speech there is in the movie, you know, and you really take it, and it's about 12 notes. The truth of it is, is there's these 12 notes, and they just keep repeating themselves. And it's how the artist sees those 12 notes that's of value. Whether it's what they write in the lyrics to go along with the music or how they sing the lyrics Mm -hmm. with the music. At least that was my understanding. And I liken it to a great speech, you know, for an actor. It's how the actor sees that speech. One actor is not going to play it like somebody else. I mean, you take the same speech Mm -hmm. or the same 12 notes and in different hands it's going to have a different take. It's going to be interpreted differently. Now you're delivering that to Lady Gaga, to Allie in the movie. What was it like working with her? I was a huge fan because I I have a daughter that's two years old, two years older than Gaga, Cleo, and I'd been listening to her music at home for the last ten years. But to go in, you know, when when we initially started this thing we had a table read of like there was like I don't know 35 people around there including the head of the studio which is never happens for a table read and I told Stephanie that day that it was going to take me a while to get past what I my vision of you and you know and it didn't take long because she is very open the movie is getting a lot of Oscar buzz for right across the board but Mm. for you too how would, how would you feel about getting an Oscar? I don't know. I, I, I think all that is, I don't even get that word. I mean, I, I get it. but <laughs> Let somebody on. else deal with it. I just as soon enjoy the ride, you know, mm-hmm. as if think that far ahead. I mean, why think that far ahead and ultimately probably get disappointed anyway, but why think that far ahead when everybody right now is like this, you know, people, have people come up to me and, they get like I do about it. You know, if I talk about this stuff enough, I'll just go out and start weeping about it because it's still there. And I'd, and I'd love that, that, that that's still there. Mm-hmm. You know, the movies don't hang with me forever. But this thing's stuck with me. And maybe it's because of where I am in my life and, and in my career. Maybe probably get a little more sensitive when you get older. I'm 74 years old. I've had a really good run doing what I wanted to do since I was a little kid. And, you know, I'd rather just enjoy that than think about Oscar buzz. (laughs) 
Now, there's still be a lot of other people that will be doing that for you. You know that yeah. you can a lot of I actors who've worked well. I mean, I wanted to give you one of those Oscars for the hero anyway. You know, Thanks. I would have. Thanks. That because was a sweet piece too. It really was, and the director of that piece said something about Brett, you that Brett is Haley. Brett Haley, that um, is in the tabloid universe we live in the worst thing anyone could say. He said, the thing about Sam Elliott is that he's well-adjusted and a happy guy. <laughs> what? Where's the suffering? Did you? Yeah, I know. I know. Did yeah. you have a period of this amazing... Uh, I, I, you know, certainly along the road. I mean, there were a lot of lulls between the work. And it wasn't until... I don't even really know when it... Turn maybe in '74 when I did Lifeguard. I, was, from then on, I started getting nicer parts. But there were a lot of years where it wasn't great work. I was just kind of doing yeoman stuff and a lot of TV. And but that was the the, the learning ground. That was you know, well, I learned. Yeah. I, I got to learn to act over these 50 years. You know, I mean, I came here wanting to do movies or came to L.A. wanting to do movies and but not really knowing how to act, how to do it. I got it technically. I understood it technically. I was never like intimidated by the camera and I always understood what was going on, what everybody else was, their job was. But <laughs> I don't think I ever became really a good actor until, you know, a number of years ago. It didn't, I didn't come to town doing that stuff. Nobody's ever going to c- confuse me with a chameleon, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of notices over the years. Oh, here he is again doing what he does. You know. <laughs> well, wait a minute. So, this is basically but, the but movie industry off. is based on people. The whole twelve note speech about yeah. this yeah. is what you are and how you vary it is. Yeah. It, 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 that's a talent. That's a gift to be able to do that. Yeah, thanks. And it's, uh, you know, to me, you're always to people that hear your name and say, you know, he's a cowboy. Yep. That's it. Yep. Even though you played so many more roles than yep. the cowboy, you know. What, what was that ultimate cowboy role for you that you played? I used to really... There was a time I didn't like used for it didn't go on forever, but there was a period of time where the whole Western thing I really got uh, it was like and it wasn't the doing of it because <coughs> i I have this slice of me that speaks to serious western heritage my, my relatives all came from. Texas basically and back in the 1800s when Texas was just beginning I had a great great grandfather that was at the Battle of San Jacinto with Sam Houston and so it's a real thing my parents are both from El Paso their parents are from there as well and I so I have this tech this western heritage thing in me that's real and I've always loved that I got to do that in the film business Particularly, I came in at a time when the westerns were coming to a close, in terms of movie westerns. And I was very fortunate, and I went after it. And then I had a great, great run doing westerns. 
my wife and I did one of my favorite projects was a, was a Louis L'Amour project called Conniger that mm -hmm. we, we, we both wrote the screenplay with our friend Jeffrey Meyer. I produced it and Catherine and I both acted in it. It was one of the greatest times I've had. So I loved doing westerns. But then there became a time where I heard that, what you just said. Yeah, see, the cowboy, the western guy. But I got over being, having a kind of a weird attitude about that because it led to, there's, there's a clear line that led to a lot of other work. It led to the Golden Compass, which was totally not a cowboy, but there mm -hmm. I was playing a cowboy. It led to the Big Lebowski. Oh, come on. The Stranger. The Stranger. But it, it all was connected to You've that. You've got to say the dude abides. The dude does abide. <laughs> I get the chills when I hear that. Yeah. He does. This yeah. is the way it is. Where people would stop you on the street and say that. I do get that. It's I've had people ask me to put that on their phones. You get the weirdest <laughs> request. It's like the, it's the dude like, abides, yes. Well, the, I mean, it's interesting that you did meet your wife, Catherine Ross, on Butch Cassidy and the Sundance I actually Sundance didn't kid. meet her there. I was a contract player at Fox. So you didn't hang out no, with the no. uh I went to set. I, I, I worked in an opening sequence at a card game. There was a card player number two. That's my name in the credit. <laughs> and the wow. only reason my name's in the credit at all because I was under contract to the studio. I was literally a shadow on the wall. I'm not, I'm not on <laughs> Card player number two yeah. to now. The next to the last name on the credits. <laughs> I'd gone in to, to read. It's, it's, this is how, when I told you I really wasn't much of an actor, but I was eager. I'd been in the business a year. And I'd gone in to read for George Roy Hill for this part of a, a saloon owner. I went to the wardrobe department because I'd, got to know this wardrobe guy and I got a costume and put on for a meeting. I mean, it was the weirdest thing in the world as I look back on it now. I mean, it was a cool costume, but it was pretty weird. Anyway, I went in and read this part and I think George Roy Hill felt so sorry for me <laughs> that, I, that I had gone through all that trouble, but he didn't want to cast me for it, that he wanted me to be in the scene, so he made me card player number two. <laughs> number two. <laughs> I think it's great. Card player number two, but even though you didn't uh, actually meet your wife. I saw her coming and going. I you was, saw her coming was, and going. I saw her coming and going every day. To quietly the falling in love. It wasn't until years later that I, you know, met Catherine. I think it's so great that Catherine, who we all remember from The Graduate, you yeah. know, and at the end of The Graduate where there's, uh, she's with this person that you know it's not going to work. And yeah. yet, you guys have made this marriage work for what? Since 19, well, we've been together since, I don't even know when. When we met in 78, we got together in like 79. So it's been a long road. In Hollywood we've years, been this is 34, astonishing. 34 plus years. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just amazing. What's the secret? Tell everybody. I don't know what the secret is. Love over everything else, I think, is what's important. If, if love wins out over the rest of it, then, you know, well, I'm sorry you're going to have a long relationship. It seems like it is, you know. Yeah. People want to go. We've been very lucky. We've worked hard at it. Well, when you look 
back on the things that you've done, and you've talked a little about it. What are the ones that you feel some pride in? Oh, I feel pride in a lot of them. I think, you know, somehow the the thing that makes projects stand out is the people that you have an opportunity to work with more than necessarily the part. It's like this thing. I mean, uh, yeah, this is... This is a great part, but the opportunity to get to know Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, I mean, that's really what it's about in some ways. You know, certainly Mask and Yeah, you were shared, biker boyfriend in that, yeah. Roadhouse on some level, Mm -hmm. you know, the ultimate male mindless fantasy, Tombstone, you know, another Western, Mm -hmm. Conagher, which I mentioned. And the hero, too, has to be. The hero, you know, when you have... You know, that started out with a film called I'll See You in My Dreams that Blythe Danner mm-hmm. starred in, and I played her boyfriend. It was short-lived. And that's where I got to meet, meet Brett and his writing partner, Mac, Mark Bash. And Brett and I traveled a lot doing promos because I don't think Blythe was into going out into the marketplace and doing that stuff. But I traveled back and forth across the country with Brett a couple of times, and I think he saw that there was an audience out there for one, for me, mm-hmm. in those situations. And we got to be very close friends, and he and Mark decided to write the script. And that was like the ultimate gift, to have an entire screenplay written for you. It is, and it's you basically playing somebody like you, I, I, I'm guessing much. except for the drug problem. Yeah, <clears throat> clearly. Yeah, that that's not there, but... And the opportunity to work with Nick Offerman and Laura, I mean... So it's all about those people that you're meeting. I mean, and that's that's what, what makes it good. That's what, that's, what makes, that's what makes it come alive. It should. That's it's, what not, life it's not one person sitting there. It's not building know? the career so much. No. Well, it, Sam, this is the first time you've been on this show, so I'm thrilled. I'm but we always here. end in a little bit of song. Yeah. A little bit of something. Now, since you have a musical background, what is coming to your head now? What phrase or two can you give me from? Jesus. <laughs> you can do a Gaga song. I'll tell you, I, yeah, I could do a Gaga song. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Yeah, well, I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> I don't know, Peter. Something you, simple? You stumped me. Mm-hmm. You stumped me. I don't believe I have. You I have. believe you have music in your heart, Sam Elliott. I definitely have it in my heart, but it's not going <laughs> to come out of my mouth. It's going to come out of the voice. It's not going to do it. No, I could sit here forever and just stare at you and say, "Really? Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. see." <laughs> okay, we'll see I how quit. long forever. I goes. quit. Yeah, Sam abides. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate I it. I bet you'll go out in the hall now and start. Singing your heart out. 